Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Right Nowish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, bringing you a conversation I recently had with a talented musician by the name of Rob Woods. Rob is an MC whose poetic lyrics speak of hard times and hope. The central idea in his music is that we are all worthy beings. It's best exemplified in his 2020 song titled Worthy, a melodic and contemplative piece with soulful lyrics about redemption. This concept of worthiness, something he learned while incarcerated, also shows up in Rob's approach to how he now serves the community. He organizes with other volunteers to give haircuts to unhoused folks on Skid Row in Los Angeles. He also volunteers behind bars, speaking to people who are incarcerated in places like Marin County's San Quentin State Prison. And the idea of worthiness even shows up in a series of statewide live performances which he calls the Worthy Hour. Rob knows what it's like to be at your worst and then grow to be the best version of yourself. So this week, we talk about music, meaningful messages, and his movement to remind people that no matter what you've been through, you are worthy. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Recently, I saw you perform in Sacramento at the Guild Theater as a part of your show called The Worthy Hour. What is The Worthy Hour? It's exactly what it is. It's for one hour. You know, I'm, I'm trying to pour into those that are you know, they're in attendance, making sure that they feel worthy, that they hear the word worthy, that they understand the meaning behind it, which is for me, it's knowing that you are loved, knowing that you are worthy, you're worth everything that you want and you desire. I feel like people need to hear that. And uh, 
you know, I've just been able to do it through a musical display. Mostly recently, you know, being able to capture a dope audience and sit there with them for the hour and make sure that they're hearing this, feeling this. And it's not all just rap. You know, I, I try to assemble some musicians like my buddy KJ Focus, who's just really, really mean on the saxophone. He pulls up and he's able to convey that same message to you without saying a word. It's just through his instrument. It started um, with me doing it only inside of prisons, but I soon realized that even us out here, we need to hear that we're worthy. It's not just with some people that are going through things behind bars. Like in all reality, we are all in need of hearing this word on the daily. So, you know, I just, you know, take pride in making it my job and doing it. What was going on in your life when you wrote the song, Worthy? I was finishing up my prison bed, sitting on the top of my bunk. I was confused a little bit on like where, where I was at. You know, I kind of didn't even understand like, damn, like, you fucked up so bad that you got here. But at that same moment, I did feel that like God was with me. I'd never done anything on my own. I felt the power of like prayers. You know, I had a really powerful prayer team. My, my great aunties came to visit me in prison. They would pray on me. And um, I felt like I had just like these angels. You know, I had angels on earth, I had angels above. And it made me feel like I knew I was going to be okay, no matter what. You know, the words are, I admit that I done did a lot of shit and I ain't never been perfect. Been through it all, but I feel like it was worth it. I'm not a perfect man, but I feel like I'm worthy. And if I'm worthy, then Lord, please have mercy on me. I admit that I did a lot of shit and I ain't never been perfect. Been through it all, but I feel like it was worth it. Not a perfect man, but I feel like I'm worthy. And if I'm worthy, then Lord, please have mercy. With the song, I just, I don't know, man, I, I just heard it in my head. I had a calling for it to write the music. I didn't, I did not find the, the beats and all that until later on in life. But the initial template was just me writing in my journal. You have a new song with LaRussell, who's had immense success with putting heavy messages in his music and the collab choir. Um, what was the conversation like leading up to that song? It was a genuine approach on all fronts. You know, me and LaRussell, it was just simply, you know, we had done some shows pre-pandemic. You know, we did some shows where like we were crossing paths, opening up for other artists and things of that nature. And, you know, we just had a chance to build a cool little rapport and, a, you know, a friendship through the music. And we waited until we found a track that actually just felt good for both of us. I feel like I got the weight of the world on my shoulders, but finally here. Ripped through the winter, the stormiest weather, but we made it out to the care. I put my foot on the gas, I ain't coming off, we about to switch up the gears. I was locked in the cell, wasn't worried about bed, but the failure was my only fear, and I'm back on the road. Back in my mall. Back in my zone. Chasing the goal. The song is called The Road. You know, it hit, it hit for him, it hit for me. The, the beat maker. Bono's beats, it hit for him. It was just very, very, once once we got the correct beat, it was easy, easy flowing. For the collab choir, I had no, I didn't know anything about it. But once they brought it to my attention, I'm like, dang, this choir is so dope. And um, they jumped on another song with us, with me and Gutter Goes Global called I Know. And uh, it was a heavy message based song, but they elevated, they elevated the sound, took them no time 
for them to come back with their own versions of like how the songs are shouted and they amplified it in a way that I just can't do on my own. I can't do it myself, you know. I'm good with writing, I'm good with rapping. I think I could hold a note or two. But the power behind that choir and their willingness to be a part of this was like something that really amplified the track. People always judge you. You ain't want nothing but somebody to hug you. Bills got you stressing. It's heavy on your back. You tried to borrow money, but they said they call you back. Hip hop has long had this issue with some music being um, lighter. It serves a purpose, but it can be overly, like we're overly saturated with music that isn't um, of high intelligence, I'll say, or isn't um, relating to the soul. And so how do you go about putting substance in your music and making sure that it reaches people? The first thing that I want to do is make music that I care about and that I love. If I can't do that, it can't happen. Very hard for me to do that. So I just try to stay the course of like, do you believe in what you're saying? Like stuff that you're writing about, is this really you? Is that really your life? Is that the image that you are putting out there? Does that align up with the person that you are? I know what I believe in and what I don't believe in. And I don't believe in putting negative things out there. I don't believe in hurting my brother or my sister in any way. I don't believe in down talk of any kind to my people. So, you know, with this music, I just make sure that those things are checked off. Does this make a person, how does it make a person feel? Because this isn't for me, it's for someone else. I'm giving it to them. How does it make them feel? What do they take away from it? What effect does it have on them during the, you know, the course of them listening? And that has just been my, you know, my rule of thumb creating. Your music is steeped in hope. Like as I've listened and the first song that I really latched on to that Black Gold track, like I needed to hear that personally. It was, you know, around 2020 where things were pretty heavy. Thank you for that. And why, why does it feel important for you to have hope at the center of your art? I think it's important to implement hope at the inside of the track because that's all I am. You know, that's all I've been. And even the track Black Gold, that was not my original track. There's actually a guy that I met when I was doing um, a tour into San Quentin Prison. He was very talented. His name's Antoine Banks. When he got out, he reached out. He was like, hey, I'd love to connect. Let's do some music. He came to me with this idea of Black Gold. Like, that's him on the hook. Us as black individuals, we've been painted a different color. You know what I mean? We've been painted a different light and it's negative. But, you know, I really, really want to do my job in reminding us like how beautiful black is. I know that music is, it's very, 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 very powerful and it's dangerous at the same time. I want to be on the side that's putting something out there that people can take and that they can use in a way that it's going to help, not hinder. As I've done work with folks who've been incarcerated in different institutions throughout the state, as well as people re-entering society, it's been clear to me that that network, that community is essential in making sure that people get on their feet um, and reestablish themselves. Um, is this something you've experienced of seeing that 
that network of even on the kind of fraternal group of people you were incarcerated with even? Have you experienced that as well? The formerly incarcerated, I have seen what it looks like when they get out. There's just absolutely nobody there. You know, I did my my halfway house in the Tenderloin, you know, very, very weird place for a prison to place a man after he's doing prison time. And this is supposed to be a rehabilitation time of your life. But the halfway house was in the Tenderloin and we all know what it's like there. You look to the left, you're going to see a lot. You look to the right, you see a lot. It's very hard to just get out and keep a straight path. My sister was uh, close to me, you know, like literally right down the street. She lived in a Tenderloin too somehow. And uh, I knew that that helped me a lot. She helped me with getting my first job, references. My other buddy, uh, Gunner Goes Global, he was in the halfway house when I got out uh, with me because we met in prison. He gave me my first studio for $25 an hour. Everything that I really, really needed, it came from other individuals that wanted to help and just be a resource. And I feel like we all need that at some times in our life, but definitely a person that has been going through incarceration, when they get home, they need all the help they can get, positive reinforcements. People showing up for other people who might otherwise slip through the cracks of society. That's yeah. That's definitely what I've seen as well. Um, and so thank you for sharing that experience. Kind of fast forwarding a little bit. Um, understand that you grew up in Sacramento. You spent time in the Bay Area. Then you moved to L.A. And when you when you got there, you began working um, with the unhoused population, specifically around Skid Row. Uh, what, what did you see? What were your like broad observations when you first got there? You know, it's very sad. Very much like how it is down there in San Francisco area where you have Taylor Street, where it's one street. At the bottom of the street, it's the Tenderloin, it's poverty, it's homelessness, it's, it's you know, it's just a totally different world from the top of the hill. Here in Los Angeles, it's the same way. You got your downtown area. You have a very rich area where people are thriving and like just three blocks over, you have Skid Row, but just five to seven blocks of just total opposite of that and i saw people turning a blind eye i saw people making a point to go around these areas the arts district is on the outside of skid row downtown is on the outside of skid row skid row is almost in the heart of the downtown area but we make sure to go around it and i didn't feel good going around it man you know i did i had to go in there and it was during me making the video for worthy looking for all these dope beautiful spots to do the video and I'm like why are we going around what needs us the most like we went in there and we had we had a brotherhood we had a sister we had people that actually wanted to hear the message that was eye-opening that was very awakening to me to like physically see people wanting this message I felt like that is the place that needs it the most let's let's come together in a place that needs us One of the earlier parts of your volunteer work was around haircuts. Why did you see it as important to give people haircuts in effort to show them that they're worthy? You know the feeling of when you get a haircut. You feel like, hey, damn, you know, like, I feel good. I look good. I don't have a dime in my pocket, but I feel good. Like, let's go get it. You know, that is the, the energy that I was able to get even, like, when I was locked up, I get a haircut. I feel good. Like, shit, I still got some years. But looking in the mirror, I'm going to be all right. I'm okay. When I had the opportunity to do the haircuts in Skid Row, I wanted to give that same energy, you know. And it was beautiful 
to see. One guy flew out from Washington, his name is Juice, and he was also incarcerated with me, but he's a barber. Flew himself out, he stayed for a weekend, and then two other barbers from the LA area just, they band together and they sat on that corner and they hit up as many free haircuts as possible, and we literally watched. It was a transformation from no smile to haircut, to mirror, to smile, to walking off and feeling good and attacking the day. And that's like what my barber buddies were saying. They're like, hey man, we could give this freely. Like this is the one thing that we possess that doesn't cost us anything that we want to give away freely. Based on your firsthand experience in these two environments, prison and then working on the streets with folks who are unhoused, what parallels or overlaps have you seen? These are two places where it's clear that they need they need somebody, they need help, right? You're, you're dealing and you're doing with the least amount of resources possible. They don't have a lot. They might not even want a lot anymore, but they're making it work and they are trying. But I also see a community of people that have each other's backs. You know, that's one thing that like really drew me to the area was like, even though they don't have homes and houses and cars, what they do have is like a heart and a smile and they're sharing. They don't have shit, but they're still sharing. There's some things that we need in society. We need, even in the prison system, it sucks to say, bro, like the the, the structure, the organization, the discipline that, it, that they have in there. We need some of that out here. The minimal hopping on the phones and talking to people and then scrolling through our Instagrams that they can't do in there. I feel like we need a little bit of that out here to help balance, you know, and keep us focused and stay on track. On a personal note, I know that the work that you do, both as entertainment and also the, the, the work that you do, the social work that you do, can be draining um, in this world, just in general, is taxing. And so I'm wondering, like, when you're down, what's your, what's your personal ritual to remind yourself that you're worthy? I just remind myself, like, first off, it's all in my name. I'm named after my grandfather, very, very, very great man. He led a family, 11 children, I have 11 aunties and uncles. And uh, it was a great man. And I always just try to remind myself, like, will he be proud, you know what I mean, of the work I'm doing? I think so, you know, even with, like, the distribution, the stuff that I'm doing in the community, I learned that from him. You know, we used to ride around in the back of his truck and he would stop at food banks and grab bread and stuff after work. We'd pass it out. And um, so a little piece of this, like, I don't get drained when it comes to that is what I'm trying to say. I get, I'm very excited because that's my, that's my work. That's my connection with him. We're just keeping it, we're just keeping it alive. For me, it's been a blessing. I've never not felt it. I've never not felt like God loves me. Never not felt like my family loves me. To remind myself, I literally just have to just speak, speak back to myself, speak to God, just being thankful. How has it felt for you personally seeing your message resonating with folks? You know, I'm a solo artist. I'm not. I'm not signed or none of that stuff, bro. I'm just literally like, I have the opportunity and the ability to create something and people actually like it. Some people actually love it. Some people actually take it and it's helping them. And that is like the hugest payoff for me. It's like cooking good food, man, and watching everybody at the table eat and get full and say it's good. And then, you know, catch the itis and doze off, right? Like, 
I did it the right way. I feel like the same way with my music and my messaging when I'm able to put it out there. And the man, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Indeed it is. Rob, thank you. Thank you for your message, for your work, and for your music. The service of reminding people of their worth, that we are all worthy, is such a unique thing that can be easily overlooked, especially when so much is needed. Housing, mental health resources, changes to laws, you name it. But if you, as an individual, don't think you are worthy, you could have the world and it would mean nothing. So it's a universal message. And I hope you all gain something from this conversation. I invite you to check out Rob's music, including his latest single, The Road, which is done in collaboration with Vallejo's La Russell and the Collab Choir. Find it wherever you stream music. And you can keep up with Rob Woods on Instagram at Rob Woods, all one word. Rob, R-O-B, Woods is spelled with three O's. That's W-O-O-O-D-S. This episode was hosted by me, Pendarvis Harshaw. It was produced by Marisol Medina Cadena and Cherie Bishop. Chris Hambrick is our editor. Our engineer is Christopher Bill. Right Nowish is also supported by Or Dursan, Cesar Saldana, Katie Springer, Jen Shin, and Holly Kernan. Right Nowish is a KQD production. Take it easy, keep it lit, be nice to people, and don't forget, pay it forward. Peace. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Donate.